Hey everyone, this is AM Reviews. I'm Adrian. I'm Muhammad. This is a podcast where we talk about movies, TV shows, and all things superheroes. Be sure to check us out on YouTube, Instagram, and Twitter, which will all be linked in the description of the podcast. Thanks for listening. Welcome back, everybody, to AM Reviews. It's Muhammad and Adrian. And today we're here to review the film The Harder They Fall, now on Netflix. And this film stars Idris Elba as Rufus Buck, Zazie Beetz as stagecoach Mary, Regina King as Trudy Smith, Jonathan Majors as Nat Love, Lakeith Stanfield as Cherokee Bill, Danielle Deadweiler as Kathy Williams, R.J. Seiler as Jim Beckworth, Eddie Gathigi, maybe, as Bill Pickett, Delroy Lindo as Bass Reeves, Damon Waynes as Monroe Grimes, Dion Cole as Wiley Esco. I mean, there's a lot of people in here. But Mm -hmm. um, (laughs) uh, essentially, this film is about When an outlaw discovers his enemy is being released from prison, he reunites his gang to seek revenge. So what did you get from the film? The harder they fall. Yeah, it was it was really good. I didn't I didn't realize this already came out or was out for about a month on October 6th is when it was released on Netflix. I would say it's, you know, an example of how Netflix takes every chance and they get a few right. (laughs) Um, I don't know what the percentage is. I feel like it's very low for the original content, but it's only up. Um, This is really good. I mean, the cast was amazing um, with Virginia King and Zazie Beetz, Idris Elba, Jonathan Majors, Lakeith Stanfield, like you said, the list goes on. Um, It was was really good. It's hard to have that many characters and still have a cohesive story. I think they did it pretty well. And I wasn't expecting the twist at the end. No, me neither. I really enjoyed this film. Um, I've watched it twice at this moment and um, I would watch it again. This is really enjoyable. (laughs) It does have a little bit of the uh, Django Unchained vibes. A little bit. Yes. I was thinking about that movie. Um, I was thinking about Samuel Jackson's line when he saw uh, Jimmy Fox and horse for the first time. (laughs) That's I I kept hearing that over and over. Every time, every time Jonathan Majors got on the horse, I could hear it in my head. (laughs) But I was like, you know what? This isn't the same movie. And I'm glad they didn't go that direction, but they could have. Yeah, I'm glad they they really didn't make it about, you know, you know, so like racism and slavery and all that stuff. Right. This was strictly a Western, a black Western. Yeah. Um, and that's not really my favorite kind of movie. It's probably my least favorite, but mm. <laughs> they did it pretty well here. Um, there's a lot of style with this, uh, a lot of violence. Yeah, definitely rated R. Um, but I enjoyed it. I enjoyed all of the actors, um, really good casting. And I have to say, I really have to commend Idris Elba to be able yeah. to play as a hero and a villain very well. I mean, mm. he, he can go back and forth. Um, he can. I mean, compare him to somebody like Will Smith. Yeah. Yes, he's he's played a villain, but is he really a good villain? Can can you really believe that he's a villain? No, what he, was he a villain in? 
Um, Suicide Squad. I mean, he, he was still oh, kind of likable on that too. And but. still barely a villain. Uh, <laughs> but no, you're right. I was thinking when I was watching Idris Elba alongside Jonathan Majors, um, I feel like great actors play the hero, they get a little bit older, and then they play the villain. And it's like, it just is natural that way. Um, something happened, like Denzel Washington um, and the Equalizer. I guess he's still a hero in that, but, or like, um, oh gosh. Training there? No, training. Oh, training, he was a villain. You're right. He was a villain in that. But there was one that he was a bit older in where he was the bad guy. And I can't remember which one it was. Fences. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I've been standing right there with you. <laughs> I mean, he kind of was looked at as a bad person the towards villain. the end. He was he was the villain of that story. Um, you know, he didn't love his son. Um, or how dare he ask that question? Cheated on his wife. She took care of the baby. Still ungrateful. Um, you know, she's standing right beside him all those years. Um, <laughs> but he was you know, that was it was good. But I, I had that thought. Um, you know, Idris is now the villain, you know, he's a more seasoned actor. But at the same time, I was like, well, he still plays the hero very well, too. He goes back and forth. And it's also, I think, this is a complete side story. I feel like Idris Elba in this makes the, uh, wasn't he in Fast and Furious? I have no idea. I, I haven't watched in... him. He was, I can't remember if it was one of the Fast and Furious movies or one of the movies just like, no, he was because he was like a robot halfway. Oh, oh, was that Hobbs and Shaw? Hobbs and Shaw, pretty much Fast and Furious. Okay. Um, It was kind of like a spinoff. Exactly. The the spinoff. I feel like his performance in this makes that movie movie worse because that movie (laughs) was terrible, but it's a sign, it's, it's about directing and the motivations of the characters and everything, because Idris Elba is an amazing actor um, in the right movie, for sure. Um, in most movies, it's hard to make him a bad actor, but they seem to do it in Hope and Strong. Um, <laughs> but anyway, it, it makes it shine more, right? Um, and seeing Regina King, um, hearing a little bit of Riley in, uh, in her voice. Um, yeah, I, I mean, I, I found that her voice kind of stood out the most. Yeah. Um, I'm not sure if that was a good thing or a bad thing because I, I think she really tried with that. Whatever the voice was, it was kind yeah, of country. Was, it wasn't quite country. It was almost in, I feel like it was also like a Creole or um, Caribbean um, twang, which is interesting. And you think about the time period, you know, it, I mean, this is post uh, slavery, but um, not too far, right? Segregation is still a thing. Um, self segregation otherwise so i mean i think you would have interesting accents if you lived out in the middle of texas um given that her background that time period wouldn't be that far removed from slavery so um and how their dialect was um so it was interesting i it i almost like want an interview with her talking about her voice i feel like it was being the actress that she is i feel like it was very intentional but it definitely did stand out the most. Um, at the same time, I felt like Lakeith Stanfield and his lack of an accent stood out just as much. Um, but if anything, it just, you know, it didn't really matter. They were all from different places or it all just blended so well. They didn't have to put on, the, they didn't all have to put on a Southern twang. Yeah. I mean, Lakeith Stanfield, it, it seemed like he was barely trying sometimes. <laughs> It, it wasn't always bad, though. 
I, I think it was more just him. No, playing an effortless character. Yes, character yes. Okay, yes. That, that. That's, that's a good interpretation. I don't want to pile on him. I mean, I, I think he still did pretty well in that role. But yeah. you could just tell he was just, you know, just talking in his normal voice, wasn't really trying to do anything special. Right, right. Um, and I thought that was that was interesting. And not a lot of them did voices. I mean, obviously, Idris Elba is always doing a voice. Um, <laughs> but, um, Zazie Beats, I didn't really feel like had a voice. Jonathan Majors had, I feel like, was taking on some some um, country, southern draw a little bit. Um, same thing with Daniel Deadweiler's character. Um, and she, her name was Kathy, but she went by what, Kofi as well? Yeah. Yeah, that was her that was her given name, but her birth name's Kathy. I thought she was an interesting character. Um someone who um for all purposes could be um trans or at least gender non-conforming. And not only is she acting um as someone who identifies as a male in the movie, but I mean they don't make fun of it, but they, you know, they have a point where, okay, um, can you do this one thing for us? Right. And she, she puts on the dress and um the R.J. Salas character, he was pretty funny. The comic, comic relief. <laughs> yeah, he was really good. That was pretty good. I know I've seen him before, but I just can't remember what movie he's been in. I feel like he is... Um, Power Rangers. Oh, that's what I've seen him in. Yeah. That was yeah. him. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I know he's been in a lot of stuff. But again, you know what? It's all about the movie, the director... The screenplay, all that matters. Because if Power Rangers, that ain't it. Um, <laughs> but he had the right direction and the right screenplay for this one. Yeah, I enjoyed him. Um, he has a sad ending, but you know, I, I, I really did enjoy him. I pretty much enjoyed everybody here. Some of them got some shorter screen time than others. Mm-hmm. Like Damon Wayne's Jr. I mean, he was yeah, maybe 10 minutes. <laughs> that's being generous <laughs> maybe uh Dion cole he's kind of sprinkled in here he's and there sprinkled in. his character is talked about a lot um so he's sprinkled in. he did a voice i thought it was pretty convincing of yeah. all of them i feel like his it didn't sound too much like acting like if i had not known him outside of this role i could believe that was his actual voice <laughs> I've, I think I've seen him do it before, like in in Blackish. Oh, he might. Yeah, he gets serious sometimes. But uh, I didn't really take him seriously though. Oh, well, half of the time. Like, half of the time. He still well, couldn't. Well, <laughs> I mean, when he, he first shows up, his first scene was hilarious. Yeah, that, that that's that's what I'm referring to yeah. as him being, you know, that funny guy. Right. Um, but man, he uh, got whooped. I didn't even taste that. That is not. Um, literally, um, I felt bad for him. I was like, as I was watching it, I was like, these, they're good actors because it sure looks like he is tearing him up. Um, yeah. And when he said, come get the, come get this gold. <laughs> hey, 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 y'all want some gold? Come on. <laughs> Knocking it out of his mouth. Yeah, that, that was, I mean, crazy. Um, but let's go ahead and get into the story. So um, right at the beginning, we see that uh, it's a young Nat Love. So Jonathan Majors, the main character, um, he's, you know, he's a young child. He's like 10 years old, has his father and his mother there. And then just randomly, these two guys come into the house 
and they come in strapped, acting like they're about to murder them. But the father, the Nat Love's father, he recognizes this guy and he's like, you know, this this conflict is in between me and you, you know, keep my family out of this. But it, this is Rufus Buck at the time. And mm-hmm. he's just like, you know, I'm not hearing it. So he kills the wife first. I mean, shoots mm-hmm. her in front of both of them. And um, Nat Love, he, you know, he's screaming like, no. And then he kills the father. And then mm-hmm. right after that, he marks him with a cross, marks Nat Love with a cross on his forehead to remember him by. And then that was a really brutal scene. Um, mm-hmm. They have some really nice looking guns. I mean, they're, they're really flashy, you know, with a gold color. Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, there was a lot of the, the mix between um, flashy, stylish, and old and rugged, um, you know, gold teeth and, and all <laughs> these things. So I feel like they did a good job of also like having different versions of wealth that make sense for the time, but are also interesting in present day. Like it's like, I w- it felt like it was in the right time period. Um, you know, in like the, the beginning of it, I, I love the, the opening titles credit uh, slide or whatever, you know, said these stories may be fiction, but these people were real or something like that. I thought that was really an, an interesting way to start it and kind of carry it throughout. Like these are stories that, we don't really hear. Yeah, I agree. Um, I did a little bit of reading and I think the director, he said something about black Western movies not being um, put to the forefront or being recognized because they they were actually out there. You know, they, they made these movies in the past, but they're just not talked about. Mm-hmm. And this is kind of, you know, bringing light to that, making one of these movies. But after that first scene, we fast forward to the present day with Nat Love, and he is seeking revenge. And the first guy that he goes after is the henchman that was along with Rufus Buck and goes to his um, his church where he's praying, you know, just waiting for him. And then he turns around, shows the guy the, the cross on his on his uh, forehead. And the guy knows it's that kid that we marked early on in our lives. And he proceeds to just murder him. I mean, that must be a really powerful gun to knock somebody back like five feet in the air. I saw that. I thought that, I mean, the man was jumping. <laughs> um, <laughs> um, yeah, that the kickback must have been insane. <laughs> yeah, that was crazy. I was like, wow, he just murked him brutally. I mean, it, it was really bad. Blood was flying. Um, and there's actually a lot of blood flying in this film. Um, not so mm-hmm. bad that it's like a Quentin Tarantino film, but y- you see it. I, I felt like Quentin Tarantino was like, had to have been like a consultant um, on this film with the amount of blood and, and guns and explosion that took place. <laughs> I think it has a hint of his, you know, uh, signature in there, but it's, it's not all about that. Yeah. Um, and then we kind of go to, you know, some random uh, standoff where uh, these these guys, I think they call them like the Red Hood Gang or something like that. Yes. Mm-hmm. And um, 
they're transporting money. But then they run into a part of uh, Nat Love's gang because, he's you know, he's a well-known person. Um, he's also wanted. I think he has a $10,000 bond or um, what do you call it? Uh, bounty on his head. Mm-hmm. And his group is well-known. And two of the guys who show up is R.J. Seiler as Jim Beckwith and Eddie Gathiji as Bill Pickett. And they pretty much just handle them pretty easily. Um, shooting them up. Damon Waynes is there. You know, he's he's kind of got that <laughs> little sinister high-pitched laugh. <laughs> yes. Yes. Um, because they're they're pretty much intercepting a, a money a money transfer where um it, it was supposed to be going to Rufus. We we learned that later on. Uh Rufus Buck, his crew. But Bill Pickett and R.J. Seiler, they're pretty much just outlaws, a part of Nat Love's gang. And they're just stealing from people who steal from the, the bank or rich people. That's pretty much what they do. Right. Not exactly all bad, but mm-hmm. they are thieves. I'm trying to see where we go from here. It kind of didn't go back and forth a lot in the beginning because you do get a lot of introductions Right. I mean, and I think there were so many characters they have to do the title screen where they, you know, show the actor's name, the character name and what gang they were in, because um, they really didn't have time to truly dive into dynamics too much. Um, and some of them died pretty early anyway. So it's like, <laughs> we won't waste time on that. But there was a lot of back and forth, but it was kind of like getting the band back together. Um, so he, you know, he's done with the robbing. He wants to settle down. Um, Mary Stagecoach Mary, um, who has her own place, her own, um, uh, I guess, bar and show. But um, Nat Love, right? That's what you're talking about. Yeah, Nat Love, right. Um, and he's good with that until, um, I forget how he found word that, that Buck was alive. Rufus Buck. Um, was it the, the sheriff? Well, well, they already knew that he was alive. He was just in captivity. Oh, yes. Damien Wayne's character told him he was alive, but he was like, that's fine. He's in jail. Mm-hmm. But he, he didn't know that he was in jail. So the sheriff comes in, tells him, um, nope, he's out um, of jail, full pardon. They never explained the pardon, though. No. So th- there is a scene where I-, I think it's before he meets up with the sheriff, the guy who's right. um, after him. So Regina King, you know, she's just sitting on this uh, railroad track that has Rufus Buck inside of it, you know, locked up. And then his crew, uh, Rufus Buck's crew, which is made up of Regina King, uh, Lakeith Stanfield. And I think that's the main crew. Those are the two main people. And then, you know, they, they have a good old standoff inside the train telling everybody, you know, we don't want to hurt anybody, you know, just stand down. We're only here for one person. And, you know, um, Lakeith Stanfield as Cherokee Bill, he's very calm with, with how he talks and, you know, how he deals with things. Right. I, I thought it was pretty interesting how he did it, but it didn't come off as like a... It, it's kind of hard to describe what he was doing. <laughs> I think it was one of the better scenes in the movie. 
um, him countering uh, Regina King because he mm-hmm. came at it. He in in thinking about their accents and voices as well, right? Mm-hmm. Um, Regina King, you know, has kind of a, a more southern draw, also kind of has like a Creole dialect in it. <laughs> and Lakeith really just sounds like he does in normal life. He's just talking. He's yes. very. He's very. He enunciates a lot and speaks very proper. Um, and you know. Regina is pretty much put your hands up, you know, you know, no shoot. patience, no patience. <laughs> and he's just like, we're going to be calm, a good cop, bad cop, I think. Um, and he is very eloquently talking and explaining things. And while still coming off as terrifying to the people he's talking to, he almost yes. has like a high school administrator type presence. Um, like I'm smiling and everything is fine, but I might kill you. And you won't know <laughs> if I do because you'll be dead. You, you won't see it coming. Um, and, he, and he has that respect about him, which is, I think, shown off in that moment. Um, it's almost like, honestly, when Idris Elba comes on, which is right after that moment, um, Lakeith's character kind of takes a backseat. Yeah, he, he really does. I mean, he's the leader at that point. I mean, we see that because he's leading the charge throughout the train, telling everybody to just stand down. And he does encounter one person who tries to challenge him. Um and you know it's kind of like a standoff but then he right. just slices his legs up <laughs> right smooth <laughs> like it was nothing and then hands the knife to one of the henchmen and, and like you know y'all get out the way we just here for one thing and then they have the little standoff with the actual soldiers in the back and um regina king she explains the actual pardon that they have for um rufus and he's in like this metal cage box looking thing locked up with a juggernaut like he's an animal well yeah like the juggernaut what i I thought about was that scene in the greatest x-men trilogy to ever exist um x-men the last stand whenever magneto breaks out mystique juggernaut uh, and the other fandom misfits when he stops the 18-wheeler and you know, Juggernaut's locked up, and he you know gets him out. That's what that felt like. It was that gravity, that much gravity in that scene. Yeah, and I mean, you can see the height difference in him and pretty much everybody else, or they made it seem that way. Because when he came out, you know, he's looking all big. Everybody just you know steps back and just right. waits to see what he says, what he's gonna do. I mean, he has that kind of aura. Like when when he shows up, you pay attention. Right, right. Scar uh, has been released. Um, the hyenas can take a seat now. He was also uh, Shere Khan in Jungle Book. Right. Very fitting character. Yes. But uh, once he gets his, well, once Rufus gets out of captivity, he orders all of his henchmen to just kill everybody except the boy, the young boy who was a soldier. And because he can drive the train. Yeah, and it's like a really epic scene of them just killing them in slow motion while he just walks away. Right, I was like, didn't even flinch. People are shooting in front and behind him. I wouldn't have walked like that um, (laughs) through that. I don't want to be in the gunfire at all. But he, he was nothing. Yeah, it could be like a ricochet or something, (laughs) a ricochet bullet. But um, yeah, he's walking like it's nothing. And, you know, they march or, or uh, travel right back to their town, which I think is called Redwood. Um, and this is where Dion Cole has taken over. 
his character's name is Wiley Esco. He's taken over the the town that was Rufus's before. He was in control of it along with his gang. But, you know, he's been away, been in prison. But now he's come back to take the town back. And pretty much everybody kind of just lays down to him, except Dion Cole. And he's like, um, I forgot exactly what he said, but basically he's saying, you're not just going to come up here and just take this place right back. Right. And I get out of my face while I'm finishing my steak. Like <laughs> something like that. <laughs> he was mean. He was mean. Yeah. And I but was like, I, wow, he's standing up to him. Okay. Yeah. Well, this is before he actually stood in front of him. Right. 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 <laughs> I mean, they just, and because I focused on him in a very menacing shot of him just eating a steak, very rare. It was very red. Yeah. I don't like um, how that looks. I'm like, and he was, you know, I guess makes him tougher if he eats red meat. So he was, you know, just eating, talking, you know, and then they pan out and you realize no one's in the room <laughs> <laughs> and he does not match that energy whenever he sees him in his face no um and i think the people who guard the place for him for Dion cole at the time mm-hmm. they change positions to rufus's side and they're like um no you need to come see rufus right now he's not taking no right. for an answer the king has returned. <laughs> <laughs> He's come for his throne. So um, Dion Cole is wily. He goes down there and he's like, I- I'm not going to give this up without a fight. So, you know, they, you know, they square up, you know, no guns or anything. Um, <laughs> wily, he sucker punches him. I mean, gets the first punch in. He's kind of bobbing like he's a video game character. And then, <laughs> I mean, Idris Elba just destroys this man, humiliates him in front of everybody, the whole town, oh. makes him all bloody, um, knocks out two gold teeth, just absolutely destroys him. I mean, he he was really embarrassed. Had that man sitting there uh, whining. like. <laughs> was... I mean, he knocked three or four gold teeth out of his mouth and then called some kids to come and grab it. Hey, you're rich now. Go ahead. Go ahead. Take that. that that that's just power that's what that is disrespectful i mean (laughs) that that man can't return well he told him he can't return no no but after that no you can't come back to that nobody's gonna respect (laughs) you (laughs) i mean that man came up in your place or supposed place and destroyed him in front of everybody i mean it it was brutal it it was it was kind of hard to look at because he He had him on the brink of death. Or at least it looked that way. Oh, yeah. I mean, he could barely talk. Yeah. Well, he was actually able to talk after that. Pretty mm-hmm. easily. Right. Yeah. And, you know, medicine was nowhere near how it is today, back then. Oh, no. That twelling <laughs> doesn't go down. <laughs> uh, but, yeah, he, he, runs, he runs off um, wily and... Uh, Pretty much has nowhere else to go. So he's just off in the forest somewhere at this time. And at the same time, we have Nat Love bringing his crew back together. Well, actually, he runs into the sheriff, played by Deroy Lindo. He's Bass Reeves. And um, he, he makes it seem like he's going to take Nat Love in because Nat Love is a wanted man. Um, mm-hmm. He's an outlaw. And um, in actuality, they're just teaming up to take down Rufus because they know he's at large again. 
um, about to take over his town. And in Rufus's mind, he wants to make it into a black utopia, but mm-hmm. to be ruled with an iron fist. Um, right. But, you know, they want to take him down. But uh, Nat Love, his crew, they catch on and they're like, why didn't you tell us, you know, we we want to be on the, be in on this also. So, um, you know, they he rides along with them. Or, or his crew rides along with him and they encounter Rufus and his gang. Actually, they come up with a plan before this. So stagecoach Mary, she's the first one to go in. She's kind of offering like a peace offering to uh, Rufus. But before that, they have like this. I don't know what they even call it, but it was like this woman dancing. It's kind of like an introduction to rufus while he was just sitting there you know in his little mm-hmm. lounge area i i didn't know what to think of that <laughs> i don't know it reminded me of um like asian culture with um geisha girls with the dancers but even that was, was very different um than what that was um it also it's just in general some parts of this mo- this movie it like borderline the musical which was interesting i mean the soundtrack was really good um, oh yeah it, it really fit with the scenes. Oh yeah, definitely. And and there were some there were some um, songs the characters sang. Um, there was a theme and a whistle. Um, and so when she comes into that bar, I mean, this girl is dancing. Um, the music and everything is almost like a narration, and that part felt the most like a musical. Um, like it didn't have to be there, but it was interesting that it was. Um, so I, I don't know, it felt almost like out of place in a way, but it was just an interesting part of the movie. Yeah, I mean, uh, they didn't have to have that, but I, I yeah. guess it's fine, you know. It was just to introduce Rufus. Um, he's back on the throne. And um, Zazie Beats, as stagecoach Mary, she offers him a kind of like a, a, a peace offering. He, he, he's not really um, buying in. He's like, you show up after my money's missing. I know you're in on something. So mm-hmm. they just knock her out right there. <laughs> right. Um, no. And then uh, the next day, they're like, either somebody's going to come and get you or we're going to kill you. And then there's like this one scene where Regina King and uh, Zazie Beats are, you know, just talking a little bit and Regina King is telling this story of her sister and everything. I'm not sure what that was really about. Was it really necessary? I don't know. But well, I don't think. Well, if anything, I thought it was it was a little bit of character development for her and her like not blind loyalty. Obviously, she is in love with um, with Idris Elba's character, and I think it was kind of her way of saying that I will. I've made up in my mind that I will kill for what I love. Um, so I won't hesitate to kill you because I've been doing it since I was 11 years old. Um, so it was an interesting story um, that she told. And yeah, it wasn't wasn't necessary, but I thought it was a good touch. It made her, it made her character a little deeper. Yeah, it kind of did. Um, but right after that, Nat Love and the crew, they show up and um, pretty much they take them in. They, they take in Nat Love. And Rufus proceeds to beat him up. I mean, they got him hanging from his his wrist 
while he's just tearing his stomach up. I mean, he's all bloody and everything. And he's like, you know, I want my money. I want my, uh, I think it was Mm -hmm. $25,000 that they, that they had of his or they said it's his, but it's probably not. And he said he wants tax. So he wants $10,000 on top of that. And he said, go rob a bank to go get the money. <laughs> yeah. And he's like, oh, what, what bank should I rob? Because I don't know what bank has $10,000. He said, oh, go to a white bank. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So they, they literally go to an all-white town. I mean, th- this town has all white people in it. And it's pretty much painted white too right um, it's like they wanted a big difference and then if you didn't if you didn't get the the hint on the title card it says maidsville and then parentheses a white town <laughs> which <laughs> that was hilarious I, I love it whenever the narrator has a sense of humor um along with the story um and i thought that was that was pretty good yeah yeah it was with all of the brutalness and and um <clears throat> action there's a good bit of comedy in here that Makes it pretty good. It, it's, it's sprinkled in pretty well. And then, you know, they, they go to the white town. But at this point, it, it, it's only Nat Love and Kathy or what what do they call her again? Is it uh, Koofy. Koofy. And this is the part that you explained where she had to dress up as an actual woman. Because throughout the whole movie, she, she doesn't exactly dress like a woman. Mm-hmm. But she's... It's kind of tomboyish, right? At least, at least non-conforming, right? Where you you're you don't really know. Um, she obviously is going by a name that she doesn't care for anymore, um, and the characters don't know for themselves, surely, um, <laughs> until that point where where uh, Jonathan Major's character asks her if she could put on a dress to help us rob this bank, um, and she doesn't. No. It, it's pretty funny, yeah. Yeah, she was really resistant. She did not want to do that. But uh, R.J. Kyler as Jim Beckwith, he didn't know. He said, I thought I was the only one falling for a man. Yeah. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> Looks around, no one laughs with him. But yeah, yeah, it was just you. <laughs> yeah, said, you, yeah, you're the only one. <laughs> um, but yeah, they, they walk into the town pretty easily. Kofi is the leader. She goes in, asks for the money. And then the lady kind of just laughs at her like, oh, you have to have an account here. Maybe you should go to Redwood or some other mm-hmm. place. And then, you know, they she pulls out the gun. He's like, I need it now. <laughs> and then that's when, you know, they have the standoff with the people inside of the bank. But it, they're really non-threatening. They probably have never encountered that before. But um you know, they they pretty much walk out pretty easily, but they sound the alarm, but they're able to escape. And then this is when they come up with the plan to not actually give Rufus the money, even though they went and robbed the bank for $10,000 for nothing. But they're like, you know, we, we can't ha- let him have this money. We need to, you know, stop him. Let's uh, come up together with this plan. Get my girl back. Stagecoach Mary. And, um, you know, right off into the sunset. And then, you know, first off, it's uh, Del Orlando mm-hmm. as the sheriff. He comes in. He's like, oh, yeah, you know, just walk with me. I can show you where the money is. And he's talking to Lakeith Stanfield. And, you know, he's going along with it. They're walking away. And then all of a sudden, 
the uh, wagon that he rode up in explodes. <laughs> and this dude's arm is left. That, that That's all is left. This, this guy's Wait. arm. <laughs> but did you, but uh and it was when he asked um is it the left or the right it was pretty funny yeah um and then after that i mean it's pretty much a whole bunch of action you know back and forth shooting everybody kind of getting their their closure in a way some dying others mm-hmm. surviving like uh there's a standoff between jim beckwith and lakeith stanfield so throughout the whole movie uh, Jim Beckwith thinks he's the uh, fastest shooter. He has the fastest hands for a quick draw. And he's heard of this guy named Cherokee Bill, played by Lakeith Stanfield. And he's like, nobody's faster than me. Um, I, I, I need to meet this guy so I can show him who's the better one. So he gets his, his time to shine. And Lakeith Stanfield, he agrees. But he also cheats. He tells him... <laughs> Hey, let's count down to 10. The man gets to three and he shoots him in the face. <laughs> yeah. And that pretty much was the catalyst for everybody to start shooting at each other because, you know, they were out in the open. It, this was supposed to be fair, you know, right after one or getting to zero or whatever, you know, you shoot or whatever. But Keith Stanfield poof, shoots him before he even gets there. Right. He's like, oh, why do I have to count so slow? like he's been there and done this before exactly very jaded yes uh that's a really good word to 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 describe him throughout this film but yeah there's a lot of action back and forth uh regina king and zazie beats they go at it i mean tearing each other up Mm -hmm. but uh the the two lionesses of their (laughs) tribes going at it (laughs) yeah um but Zazie Beats, it, it's almost like, well, it, the way that they presented it, it's almost like she let out a scream that was kind of like a super heroic scream. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> like supersonic. Right. There was some interesting stuff with the editing at some points. Because even, I, mean, I didn't mention this earlier, but whenever um, Idris Elba stepped out of that little cell on the train, he took like a sigh of an exhale and the screen kind of warped around him a little bit. Um, so they took the, the editing was very interesting in this and it and it made it I think helped keep it interesting because yes it was a western um, then a black western then just an interesting movie um, not very traditional by any means yeah I mean it has plenty of style throughout the film I, I didn't mention this earlier but there's a lot of tension in the film every time somebody kind of has a standoff or they're kind of just looking at each other you know something is about to happen, but not exactly what. Maybe mm-hmm. somebody gets shot in the head from the side, or somebody gets punched, or something. There's a lot of tension in the scenes, and I really like that because you just didn't know what was going to happen next. But also in the ending fight, I didn't explain this earlier, but Dion Cole, as Wiley, um, he's the one who got beat up and embarrassed in front of the whole town. Um, he he kind of comes back with Nat Love's crew to get his town back. But he also put the town in debt somehow. I, I think he sold off something where they owed money at some point. So he, he put the town in debt. And right. Idris Elba, you know, he he's actually kind of doing a good thing. He was trying to build the town back up, but he was going to rule with an iron fist. But um, Dion Cole... He comes back to 
uh, claim his town back. <laughs> uh, hmm. But it, it didn't seem like he was really, I don't know, he wasn't really trying at the end. Once he actually faces off with Idris Elba, he doesn't pull out his gun. He just kind of like, oh, yeah, I'm sorry, whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, because Idris Elba, he was like, I knew you were the one who outed me. So I guess, in a way, Deion Cole, somewhere down the line, told on him and got him in prison. Right. Uh, I think he knew his, his thing was over at that point and was more so trying to just help who's who could, who he thought could could beat him out next. But he was sure that there wasn't that wasn't going to be him. Yeah. But I mean, you, you come back after all of that. I mean, just try to shoot the man. He, he, he just kind of <laughs> sat there and got shot. I mean, it, I don't think Idris Elba showed off like a, a quick hand or anything. I think they also did a good job with just showing off Idris Elba's aura in a way that oh, it was yeah. really intimidating where people didn't cross him. They knew not to cross him. Yeah, I think um, for sure they definitely played on his his presence alone. I think Idris Elba, he didn't really even have, I mean, yeah, he had a lot of lines, um, but uh, in comparison, I think Jonathan Majors probably got the most screen time, but Idris Elba just looking, right? I mean, that whole fight scene, he stayed inside and looked through the window a couple of times, but the gravity of the situation was still there, right? He gave off another X-Men movie reference, but he gave off a Magneto vibe, old school, not, not new um, young Magneto, but old Magneto from the original trilogy where he is just the gravitas of the situation is on his face. He didn't have to say much, right? The pawns go first in war uh, or in, in chest. He has that kind of attitude about him. So he's just scary because he's calm almost. And then and they, you're right, they did, they did play that up very well. He didn't have to do much of anything to command the room and the screen. Yeah, I mean, even when he first enters, Coming out of the the cell, you know, he has these chains on him. He's looking around, just looking at everybody. And basically, like, you know what to do. Unhook me. He he doesn't say that, but you can just feel that just from the way that he's just coming off the screen, which, you know, tells a lot by his acting. But in this big fight scene, pretty much everybody dies. Um, Lakeith Stanfield kills Jim Beck with... And then he kills Bill Pickett just out of nowhere because Bill Pickett and Koofy, you know, they're they're talking to each other. Um, I think they were just plotting to see what they're going to do next. And then Lakeith Stanfield with another sucker punch or shot or whatever, he kills him. But then Koofy kills Lakeith Stanfield, shoots him right in the neck. (laughs) (laughs) Um, But then, whenever she kills Lakeith Stanfield's character, um, she says, well, actually, that guy was quicker than you. Um, but he did cheat. Yeah. I, I, I think that's what he's always done, probably. <laughs> um, and I think Regina King is dead. Um, um, she got hit with a gun, but that doesn't mean she was dead. That's, you're right. That's not clear. We didn't get a solid death from her. Yeah. Um, Jonathan Majors, uh, Nat Love, he got shot in the shoulder, but it didn't really affect him that much later on. No, no. Plot convenient. Shoulder. <laughs> even though there was a gaping hole through his chest. 
Yeah, I mean, it still hurts. I mean, they, you, <laughs> you're still going to grab for your shoulder if you got shot. You ain't just going to yeah. be walking around yeah. just shooting like crazy. I mean, they, these guys aren't superheroes. But, yeah. you know, he, he, would think. He, he got up and was shooting people again. Uh, him and Daryl Orlando, they both kind of just shoot up everybody who's left up until the point where it's only Idris Elba. And he's still, you know, inside the, the big house, his, his throne, just waiting on him. He knows that he's coming. Right. And he explains to him the actual backstory of why Idris Elba did what he did in the beginning of the film, where he killed Nat Lowe's father and mother right in front of him, and then also scarred him with the cross on top of his head. Yeah. Um, it actually fit pretty nicely within the creases in his forehead, but... <laughs> <laughs> but um, that's, that's yeah that's that's off topic I, maybe i shouldn't have said that but it was some points i was like wait is he just thinking really hard or is <laughs> i feel like towards the end like i don't know if it was like makeup that was drawn on or if it was like a crease with like extra padding on his forehead to put it in there but there were some times where it looked more put together and there were other times where just like a mark or a shadow <laughs> well the, the creases are actually there that that's not a fake thing that, that's well yes the creases in his forehead but somehow i don't know how you do that how you put a fake scar on someone um, so that they can still use their forehead muscles uh, or was it digital i don't know well i will say one thing they did give well, it looks like they gave a lot of money to this film. They they put a lot of effort into this. And I appreciate that. I mean, this is a really big budget film, I think. But um, yeah, so the reason why Idris Elba killed his parents was because they're actually half brothers. Because yes. uh, the father, he left Idris Elba when he was 10 years old. Mm. <laughs> he also you know abused them but you know he cleaned himself up the, the father he cleaned himself up uh he found god and you know became a, a minister and everything i think got his own church mm-hmm. uh settled down with a new family got a new wife got a son but idris elba you know he was still looking for him he was still looking for his father i thought he might be dead until one day he finds him and, you know, we see that in the first scene and he gets his revenge. Mm-hmm. Um, but I thought that was a really good twist. I really didn't see that coming. I actually kind of no. forgot that he was in the beginning, you know, that that first scene. <laughs> so that was, was actually him who cut him. Yeah. 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 I kind of forgot. But um, I, I also forgot, like, you know, his his motivation to do that. I mean, I thought it just it was just random that he just killed those two mm. and dismarked him. But, you know, he did it for a reason. Yeah, I thought it was random too. And I was curious as to why, because, you know, before all this, he the knife he used to, to cut him, he had kept. And he gave it back to him as motivation um, whenever he told um, Nat to rob the bank for him. Um, and I was like, gosh, that is some evil stuff. You kept the knife that scarred this man in perfect condition. <laughs> um, gave him a carrying case. Um, and said, take this with you. Um, as just like, that must, 
you know, it must feel terrible. But then knowing the story and why he did what he did, it's like, wow. Cause it, cause I was thinking about why didn't he kill the kid and why was he so special? Um, you know, why does he remember this, this terrible man? You don't, I mean, how do you even remember all the things you've done? Well, it's because that one time was very significant. Yes. So it made sense. It was emotional. He was crying, telling the story. And it's like, gosh, the best bad guys are the one with the emotional connection. Yeah. And he really did not want to kill Nat Love. He mm-hmm. just wanted him to, he, he wanted to tell the truth to him. He's going to accept his death right there. He said, you know, you're, you're even better than me because you're going to kill your own brother. And he actually does kill him. Shoots him like, well, it, it would have been 20 times if he had enough bullets, but. Right, right. Like five. I just kept you know emotionally shooting him <laughs> yeah but you know really powerful scene um their connection also reminds me of um i'm pretty sure you haven't watched it but an anime called naruto um hmm. it, there's this character called sasuke you've probably seen him before yes, yes. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. um he has an older brother who killed his parents and his whole clan but you know left him to stay but he kind of scarred him basically did an illusion where he showed him how he killed everybody and knocked him out. And he's like, whenever you're strong one day, you can come back and defeat me. And, you know, it has a lot of parallels to that. And, you know, he, he does end up kind of killing his brother, but really the brother was actually about to die anyway. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's when he learns the truth of, why he actually did it but that's too much explaining i gotta do just to get you to understand it but there's a lot of similarities there yeah yeah um a lot of like scar and simba vibes going on we are one and the same we are family um whether you know it or not you're just like me you think you're better than me but no we're actually very similar (laughs) right it's in our blood yeah it made the story that much. It was already a good movie, mm-hmm. um, but that just took it over the top. Definitely. Really good film. I enjoyed this. The harder they fall. I mean, I don't really care for Westerns that much, but this one was a really good one. Really good one. Um, but do you have any other thoughts before we give it a rating? No, I thought it was hilarious. It was dramatic. It was good acting. It was good cast good music i downloaded the the um the the album to the movie um yeah it was good wasn't uh jay-z like uh one of the producers he was one of the producers yeah but rock nation records jay-z's label um is one of the credits um for the album and you got zazie beats and jonathan majors um there's one of their, their little skit um is on there, Jay Z, Jadakus, um, CeeLo Green. Yeah, they got CeeLo on this, right? I mean, CeeLo <laughs> kind of fell out of fame because you know, being CeeLo, but um, <laughs> you know, he has a good voice, so they put him on this. That was that was good to hear. Black Skin Mile, I think one of the more emotional songs. Yeah, King Kong Rhythm. I'm not sure what that is, but yeah, I'm I'm gonna listen to that later. But let's go ahead and give it a rating. So the lowest rating is trash. Middle is background noise. And the highest is a banger. So how would you rate the Netflix original film, The Harder They Fall? I think this might be one of Netflix's 
maybe first for me at least, but I think it's a certified banger. I mean, it it hits all the marks. It has the cast, it has the comedy, it has the 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 truth to genre. It's beautifully filmed, it doesn't feel cheap. It doesn't feel like it was just one set, doesn't feel like a play. It didn't feel limited at all. Um, it was good. Yeah, I, I 100% agree. Certified banger, nothing yeah. less, nothing less. I mean, this is a really good film. Um, the casting was way on point. I mean, just everything. The cinematography looks really nice. Um, they they do a lot of color mixing, even with, uh, you know, the, the settings. You see Redwood. You can see a big difference between Redwood and, you know, the yeah. white the white town. Yeah. Or, Maysville, I think. Yeah, I can't remember the name, but <laughs> um, you, you see a, a lot of good scenes a lot of color mixing and all that stuff it, it looks mm-hmm. really nice you feel the presence of more characters than others like idris elba whenever he shows up on the scene you know everything is about to stop something's going to go down there's a lot of tension in in the scenes uh i just overall highly enjoyed this film highly recommend i would watch it again i've already watched it twice <laughs> I, it's it's a really good film um, I'm not sure if it's going to win any awards, but I hope it does. I, I hope it gets nominated for something. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it definitely has the cast for it. I mean, uh, Regina King alone, I mean, probably has a trophy closet, um, you know, that's worth more than the film's budget. But um, <laughs> I, I think they, they definitely have all the markers for, for something that's um, a staple. I feel like if this was, 10 years ago, it would probably be a, a bootleg DVD um, in circulation. But I think now that it's on Netflix, um, tons of people are watching it. Again, I don't know how they measure the success of streaming services and you know shows and whatnot. I think um, clicks, watch time, and subscriptions, maybe. I don't, yes, I guess so. I guess so. And maybe Twitter. But, um, <laughs> you know, there, some, some stuff from streaming services has gotten awards. So I definitely think this should be a contender. Yeah. I mean, Netflix has won, I think, a couple of things. I think yeah. they, I, I think it was The Irishman. I mean, oh, I, that was Netflix. Yeah. I, I never watched it. <laughs> it's, it's way too long. <laughs> uh, you, you saw it? No. No. Oh. <laughs> That I think there was another movie. I think it's called The Love Story or something like that hmm. with um, Black Widow. What's her name? Scarlett Johansson. Scarlett Johansson. Yes. That was Netflix. I didn't realize that. Yep. See? That's with the guy from Dark, the, uh, uh, Star Wars. Um, mm-hmm. Oh. I definitely don't know his name. <laughs> Couldn't tell you. <laughs> but yeah, hopefully it, it gets nominated for something. And actually, if you look at I would say about three or four of these people, they've been in some kind of superhero thing. You know, Idris Elba, Sazi hmm. Beats, uh, Regina King. She was in um, the Watchmen series. Right. Uh, Jonathan Majors, you know, he's mm-hmm. supposed to be that big bad coming up. Right, ain't man. Uh, Lakeith Stanfield, he, he's been in a lot of different things. I'm not sure if he's been in a superhero film. No, I don't think so. He's been in films just as weird or crazy, but um, <laughs> no. Uh, Eddie Gathigi, do you recognize him? 
Eddie, I got. Oh, um, oh, oh, that's um. The guy who could like. At, no, um, don't tell me his name. Uh, <laughs> Actually, uh, I, I can't remember his name. Yes, Darwin. Darwin. Yes. I can adapt to anything. Adapt to this. <laughs> Dies. That was uh. messed up. <laughs> I uh, actually I haven't seen him in anything in a while, so I feel like good I to had see him. to have seen him in more stuff. Yeah, I mean he's played in some more things. I just haven't seen those things. Because <laughs> yeah, that came out 2011. 2011 first class. Yep. You can't. 2011. Ten years. I was in middle school in 2011. <laughs> the tail end of my eighth grade year. That was in high school. But yeah, I would have started yeah. high school depending on what time of year that came out. That is crazy. Yep. Time flies. But any other thoughts? No. Uh the harder they fall is definitely, definitely a watch. Um, something to keep in rotation for sure. Yeah, I would definitely agree. Go out there and watch it. But that I think that does it for us at AM Reviews. Thank you everybody for listening. Make sure to check out our other platforms, including YouTube, Instagram, and Twitter, which will all be linked in the description. And if you want to send us a message, you can click that message link to get featured on the show. And thanks for listening.